Since 2007, the Paul Meredith team at CityCan Financial has prided themselves on providing a better mortgage experience than you'll get anywhere else. Paul and his team will guide you through the home financing process with professional quality advice, exceptional service, and mortgage rates tailored to meet your specific needs. Their goal is to treat all of their clients the same way they would if they were doing a mortgage for their own mothers. They want to provide you with a wow experience with your mortgage from industry-leading low rates to giving their clients the rock star treatment. The Paul Meredith team would love to have the opportunity to help you out on your next mortgage and show you why they have over 300 five-star reviews on Google. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Okay, here we are back at On The Way Home. Stephanie, how are you? Stefania, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's really nice weather in BC today. We're heading into some new restrictions, but overall can't complain. How are you doing? You know what, that's such a, it's become such a complicated question. I think mm-hmm. over time we're so programmed to say fine, but uh, things are definitely not fine. And listen, I'm an optimist uh, usually, um, but, I have to say, you know, um, there's a there's a lot of things to be really happy about, and there's a lot of things uh, still to work through. So busy times, as always. But hey, I think at, at the top of that list, uh, I'm healthy and I'm safe, and my family is. I'm very grateful for that. But um, still hard at work uh, with my team at Blue Door, making sure that we're keeping uh, our most vulnerable safe in York Region. Absolutely. I think it's so important that in the positions that we're in, that we turn around, you know, from our foundation and help those that that aren't in our position and and pull them up and and push them forward. So I think that's also a really great segue um, for the guests that we have on today, who I'm really, really excited to introduce. Um, Today, we have Laurel Rain. She's the Director of Service Planning and Integrity at Shelter Support and Housing Administration with the City of Toronto. Her team provides policy and program development, business intelligence, and quality assurance support to the city's housing and homelessness service system. Laurel has worked in the sector for over 15 years and has a master's degree in environmental studies and urban planning from York University with a focus on community planning. Welcome to the show today, Laurel. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Laurel, listen, if there's one thing we know in this sector is that data matters. And so to kick things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Toronto's very exciting recent announcement to share its shelter system flow Uh, data publicly, which includes information about people experiencing homelessness who are entering and leaving the shelter system each month. Sure. So um, this uh, new dashboard that we've released really includes a lot of new information about um, who is using our shelter system, who's experiencing homelessness in our community. And um, importantly, something I want to highlight is about the, the 
access of that information and the posting of this information on our website so that it really can be a, a tool that we use collectively in Toronto um, to inform our responses to homelessness. And to me, that's uh, one of the most exciting pieces about this, uh, this new initiative. Um, you know, the dashboard itself, um, is really looking, we've known for a long time that our traditional measures of, of data and, and a sort of outcomes for the system, um, which rely on a point in time information about occupancy and capacity of our shelter system. And that's really been our focus for a long time because that was the data that we had available to us. Um, it's really very limited uh, in terms of just giving us a picture of the number of people using our system each night. But with these new dashboards, we're able to better understand how people move through the system over time. So how many people are entering uh, our system or entering homelessness and how many people are leaving in a given month as well. Um, so it's really based on our, um, our, our strategic objectives and the data that we need in order to inform those outcomes. Uh, we know that emergency responses to homelessness are really important interventions. Um, and so those measures about occupancy and capacity of our shelter system are, are important ones. Um, but we also know that if our goal collectively as a community and as the city, as a country, is to uh, reduce the length of time that people spend homelessness, reduce chronic homelessness, then we need better measures and better information to be able to gauge whether the, the services that we have in place and our interventions are effective in, in achieving those goals and reducing that length of time that people are spending homelessness. So this dashboard and these new data points are really uh, intended to, to give us that bigger picture of what's happening in our system and, uh, and inform our, our responses. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. It was so exciting uh, when we learned at the CH that the city of Toronto was was making this announcement and doing this work, uh, especially because of the size of the city. And we know that data is one of the key pillars to solving homelessness, not just for us at the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness, but for so many of us in the sector, because as you know, you can't really solve a problem if you don't understand its scope. Um, you sort of touch on this a bit, but I was just wanted to give you a little bit more space to maybe focus on this, but why is it important that this information is collected and shared each month and publicly? Yeah, that's a great question. As I said, that's, a, I think, a really important component of these, these dashboards. And even in terms of how they were developed, so we've worked very closely with our partners across the sector, including uh, the Toronto Alliance, Tent Homelessness, our Toronto Indigenous Community Advisory Board, um, and all of those, you know, we SSHA works with more than 200 uh, community partner organizations to deliver our service system. And so their input and collaboration to develop the dashboard was also really important to us, um, as well as obviously the, the support from the Built for Zero community and, and other communities across Canada who've done similar work and that we were really able to, to learn from. Um, uh, as I said, I think, you know, those those partnerships and that collective approach to making an impact um, is really how we're going to achieve this. No one organization or one individual is able to solve homelessness, this, this sort of complex social problem um, on their own. 
And so we need to, to work together across sectors, across organizations to inform those solutions. And by putting this uh, data up on our website, uh, publicly available, um, it puts that tool in the hands of everyone who is working together to solve this issue. Um, not just organizations, not just data, not just researchers, but also frontline staff um, and those who are working directly with people experiencing homelessness. And they can use this data to even think about how they deliver those services and help us to understand as well what um, you know we see the data and we see the trends so every month there may be new information that's up there and we may see oh there's a there's a shift in the data this month and there's more of you know there's more youth uh, experiencing homelessness right now this looks like it's a trend well the data is just the first step of that conversation and that that intervention or that action um, and the data is really only as good as the action we take with it. So that sort of um, uh, dialogue with our community partners and frontline staff to say, okay, we're seeing this trend in the data. Where is that coming from? What's, what's the root cause of this? And what do we need to do in order to, to shift our, our services in order to respond to what we're seeing uh, in the data? So I think that, that that piece around really making it very public, and so it's available on our website in a, in a dashboard, uh, which I can talk a little bit more in detail about sort of what's included in the data. There's a, there's a dashboard that visualizes some charts and graphics. It has some filters so people can actually get in there and uh, filter the data to look at different subpopulations. Um, and then it's also all available on our open, the city's open data portal. So people can also download the aggregate data that drives the dashboard and look at it in more detail themselves if that's something they're interested in. And again, that, that collective wisdom and knowledge, people may download that data and see trends and, and things that we may not even be aware of and then be able to share that uh, with us as a community. So um, I think that's, that's really why it is so important that this data is publicly available. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think transparency is so key and is able to bring more people into the fold. Um, and, and you raised this, uh, but can you tell us a little bit more about that data that is getting collected and the data expansion plans that your team is also working on? I know particularly racialized data as well is something that is on the list for you guys to include. Yeah, for sure. So this um, data is pulled from uh, what we call our shelter management information system. So this is our uh, real-time information system that all of our more than 100 um, shelter and respite locations use uh, to form a common client record across our system and provide services to those clients. Um, and it includes um, intake data from all of those services. Um, we're working on expanding that as well to include um, our Streets to Homes program, so our street outreach program that works with people living outdoors. So that is underway. The data does include right now, um, so the, one of the, the um, data points is the number of people actively experiencing homelessness. And that definition does include anyone who's used any one of those services over the past three months. Um, and it includes some of our warming center programs over the winter, for example. So people who, who may sleep outdoors for, for part of the time, but they have used even one night of service uh, indoors in our system are included in the data now. But we are working to expand that so that everyone uh, who is engaged with our system, even those who are sleeping outdoors, will be included um, soon. 
We're also um, making some enhancements to our intake form and our data system, uh, as you mentioned, to be able to collect uh, additional information about um, uh, racial identity, uh, veteran status, so that we can include those uh, components in the dashboard as well. Um, and we're also working very closely with our Toronto Indigenous Community Advisory Board around uh, Indigenous identity. And we do collect some of that information um, right now, but we've actually made some improvements to how the data was collected and sort of the, the way the question is asked based on guidance that we received from our, from our Community Advisory Board. Um, so we wanted to make sure that that information was being collected in a, in a good way and then shared as well uh, with the input and, and support from our, our Toronto Indigenous Community Advisory Board before we release that data. But we are hoping to do that uh, very soon as well, because, you know, we know that um, certain groups and those groups in particular, um, racialized individuals and uh, Indigenous people are overrepresented in our homeless population. So being able to measure um, and count those people and, and report on those um, those groups is really important in order to know, obviously, um, what the impact is and what kind of outcomes we're achieving for those groups that are overrepresented in our homeless population. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. That is uh, that's fantastic. I know that uh, personally when we're at Blue Door, we're working um, on trying to fill the gaps Things are rapidly changing all the time, uh, even more so right now. And so our response has to change. Uh, this um, data that you're gathering, it, it's crucial real-time data um, to come up with solutions to homelessness. What's the idea? You've touched on this a little bit, but what, what's the hope for Toronto on, on using this uh, data? What are your future plans? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think the data, um, it's, it's really driven and closely aligned to our, our sort of strategic objectives and the city's goals. So we have a housing TO action plan. It's our 10 year uh, housing plan. One of the, um, one of the commitments in that that was approved by our council was actually to develop these measures that report on indicators um, that measure our goals towards homelessness being rare, brief and non-recurring. So, um, so that really is what we're we're going to use this dashboard to inform is how do we, you know, on an ongoing basis measure that progress towards ensuring homelessness is rare, uh, brief and non-recurring. And I think, um, you know, when we actually look at the data and we see some of the things that it's telling us that, um, you know, I think we've known about our service system, but have really highlighted um, the number of people, you know, you kind of mentioned this before, it is a very large service system and we have a lot of people um, who are experiencing homelessness each month. But what we see when we look at over, over time as well is um, the number of people actually who flow through the system, I think is even higher than many people um, would, have, uh, would have thought before we, we started sharing this data. 
And really the goal there is to make sure that with that flow, that we're um, housing more people each month, people are exiting our system, than new people are entering. And to me, one of the more surprising pieces of data in this dashboard is the number of new people who enter our shelter system each month. Um, on average, uh, more than 600 people each month are, are becoming homeless and entering our system for the very first time. And this is, um, you know, our shelter management information system has been in place for 10 years. So these are people who, who have never used our system. We've never seen them before in the 10 years that we've been collecting that information. So to me, that's quite a large number of new people entering our system. Um, and we had uh, over 76 new hundred new people in 2020 who entered the system. That's what this data shows us. At the same time, we housed more than 6,000 people from the shelter system. So it is a significant amount of, of housing activity that's happening. And our again, our frontline staff are doing great work at, at assisting people to get into housing. And we have some really great uh, housing first based programs here that are that are moving people successfully into housing and keeping them there. But in order to really have that impact, we need to actually reverse those numbers. So we need to be um, looking at diversion and prevention approaches to reduce the number of new people who are entering our system, and at the same time, increasing the number of people who are exiting to housing. And with this data, we can really see that in very concrete terms, um, that that net inflow number each month uh, needs to be a negative in order for us to, to have that impact in, in reducing homelessness. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was thinking that I'm so glad you mentioned that if, if these numbers speak directly to the need for preventative programs, right, you, you can't end homelessness if you don't stop those 600 new people each month or reduce them from entering into homelessness and, and the data supports that and allows us uh, to take action. Uh, now, something very different with this is one thing to have a system that gathers all this information but to share it publicly is something else. Can you talk to us a little bit about the city's decision to share this information, how that came about, why you decided to share it publicly? Um, and, and what did it take to get there to that decision? Yeah, um, I mean, I think we, um, the city has a very strong commitment to uh, open data and to an approach called results-based accountability. So there was strong support uh, for us to be able to share this data and, and post it publicly. And I think, you know, almost there's, there's more, um, more demand and more interest for us to share data than, than we have available. So we're really playing catch up to to meet, um, to meet that interest in having the numbers and the data to be able to inform um, the response and inform decision making that happens at council and to inform our, our communication with the public as well about, about um, both what the city is doing to address homelessness and the scope of the, the challenge that we're facing so that we can advocate for those resources and those solutions that are needed. So I think in terms of, um, you know, the, the, um, the support to post this information, it, it was there all along and it's been a commitment, as I said, that we would do this. And so it was really just a matter of with a system as large as ours, um, building the systems and the capacity uh, of our system to be able to input, collect and report on that data. We had a great partnership with our um, internally with our uh, strategic or our, um, 
our information, our IT, IT supports to be able to build the dashboard and get it uh, posted on our website. Um, and we really wouldn't have been able to do it um, without that. So that was a great uh, support for us. Um, and, you know, the other piece I think I would mention is also the, the partnerships and the support and capacity of our, again, our frontline staff and our partner agencies, because the this data that we're looking at is all based on really an, an interaction between a, a staff person and that that client, that individual who's experiencing homelessness. So for them, it's it's a part of the service delivery process. And part of that helping is having the conversation with someone about who they are and what their needs are. And then we're giving them a platform through our information system to, to record that information and using it to shape these trends. But the, the importance of that upfront interaction, how that communication happens, and then also how that data is, is recorded and stored is really important. And I think really speaks to another point around, um, around sharing the information is that when we, when we provide that information back to people and they can see what the data looks like, it reinforces the, the reason for, you know, why are you asking me to collect this data? Why are you asking me to use this, this technology system, right? These are social workers. They're really interested in, in helping people. And so making that case about um, why, why being sort of, um, you know, very diligent about recording the data is so important because it has an impact on the outcomes and on the people that they're, they're trying to help. And when they can see that data, I think that it makes that much more um, relevant for them. And, and so we get better data in the long run um, when we're able to share it back with the people who are, who are collecting the information. Absolutely. That buy-in um, at that like critical, like first step um, level, you know, between the client and the social worker, I think is so important to establish. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I think it's, you know, it's really great to see this dashboard, but I'm so glad Michael asked you that because there's so much that goes on behind that so much to happen, you know, to feed that information then publicly to then inform, you know, decisions that are made that affect everyone, um, I think is really exciting and so key. So thank you for describing that process because I think it's really important to touch on. Um, something else I'd like to touch on because I think I'd be remiss to leave out that Toronto is a built for zero Canada community, which means you work with my organization and you use um, the built for zero model. So that means that your city, you know, essentially is working toward functionally ending chronic homelessness. So can we talk a bit about how, you know, the data supports our common efforts, just like relinking why that data is so important. And it's part of a larger model that gets you toward this really immense uh, goal. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as you said, it's part of the, the Built for Zero community and that, that effort to end chronic homelessness. It's also part of our, um, you know, federal reaching home requirements to have a coordinated access system in place by 2022. So many communities across Canada are working on developing uh, similar systems. Um, the province of Ontario has just recently announced um, a requirement as well to move to a by name list um, system and coordinated access. So this is something that we're, we're all working to towards. Um, and I think that's really where the by name list and the coordinated access system fits into this, this data driven approach. Um, because as you said, it's about how we use this data overall as an aggregate to understand trends, 
but it's also about um, having that real-time system to inform a coordinated access approach to, you know, assessing people's needs, matching them with housing and supports, um, and, and measuring the outcomes of that to reduce chronic homelessness. So that's all really what's in behind the dashboard as well. And uh, we're continuing to work on building those, those other components of that coordinated access system. Um, to have them all in place by the end of this year. And many of them are, are underway in terms of actively um, uh, matching individuals to housing and, and moving them into that supportive housing to reduce chronic homelessness. Fantastic. Well, you shared so much and it's so exciting. And listen, listen to this podcast. You're going to learn all about Toronto's new dashboard. But if you didn't take it all in, if people wanted more, wanted to hear, wanted to find out more about uh, your work and the dashboard, where could they go? Yeah, so the dashboard is um, posted uh, on our website. So if you go to toronto.ca slash housing, you'll be able to locate the dashboard um, that is that is posted there along with a lot of other information and, and the link to the open data portal that I mentioned is all there on our website. That's amazing. Laurel, thank you so much for joining us on the show today to you know dig into more about the data and also the work that the City of Toronto is doing. Um, it's amazing work and we really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share it with folks. Well, listen, I mean, one of the reasons we do this podcast is around education and awareness. Um, but if people, one of the questions we often get asked is, so, you know, show me the, show me the numbers. How many mm -hmm. people, where are the gaps? Why should I spend taxpayer dollars? This? Why mm -hmm. do you need money? Those kinds of things. This answers why. And it's real time, right? How many times that, well, I'm working with 2016 census day, you know, and it's old. And we're saying, well, that, that doesn't, it's not really relevant anymore, or it's changed so much but I can't prove it. It's what you can prove, what you can show, and it shows you what you need, where you need to invest resources and, and pivot and change. And so this is so exciting and, and so advanced um, and so mm -hmm. important to preventing and ending homelessness. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, it feeds into the recent announcement uh, that the Ontario government made that they're now mandating, you know, city service managers or municipal service managers uh, across the province to start developing these by name lists. So, and as far as, I mean, by name lists already exist across Canada. Um, it's something that our, our organization uh, works with communities and verifies them and helps folks uh, create them and ma maintain them. But I think what's really exciting is for Toronto is as far as like the big one of the biggest cities um, in Canada, for them to have and develop this by name list and make it transparent, share it publicly so people can do their own analysis, help them make decisions, I think is just so cutting edge and exciting to see where that goes. So yeah, it was really great having having Laurel on the show today. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, another good guest on the way home. They just keep getting better. So great to talk with you again, talk with Laurel. Can't wait till next time. Absolutely. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. A quick reminder to subscribe to the show on any platform you're listening. And if you'd like to find out more about Blue Door, visit bluedoor.ca. To get more information about the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness, go to caeh.ca. See you next time.
I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.